Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're joined by Michael Komosinski, the global CEO for Merkel. Hi, Michael, and thanks for joining us. Hey, Aslan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. I mean, we've obviously known you for a while now, but could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So look, I've been with Merkel for seven years. I joined in the US. I helped build out some of our performance media capabilities. So sort of all those things that were hot back in 2015 and 16. And then I moved across to Europe. I moved to London and took over our European business to build that out for almost five years, which is where, of course, we met. That was a fantastic personal and professional experience. And then I moved back to New York last summer. I was running the Americas for about a year and took over as global CEO in the fall. And it's look, it's an iconic company. So it's a, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and it's an exciting space that we're in. It is. It's a really exciting space and love when we're talking about it as a whole, just as a group. I mean, Rich and I and, and you, whenever we get together, it's a nice conversation, just seeing how the, the industry is developing. But for those that don't know Merkel, I mean, obviously Merkel is a customer experience management company or as we call it CXM. But that hasn't always been the case and has gone through an evolution. So why is CXM so important today? So I'm going to talk about CXM, then I'm going to actually go back and talk about that journey because you're right, it has been an interesting one. So customer experience management is important today because companies have woken up to the fact that building and maintaining meaningful relationships with customers over a long period of time is really in their economic best interest. And that is exacerbated by certain things like, say, data privacy regulation, where you can't sort of take it for granted that you're actually able to contact someone with the same sort of upper funnel awareness type advertising tactics that worked well back in the, say, 2000s. And I also just think it's a, it's just sort of the fight for customers, right? And so there's a bunch of different factors that combine and companies have figured out that they need to provide a you know, relatively personalized and maybe more importantly, seamless experience all the way through a customer journey from some kind of awareness or research activity into some, you know, consideration and ultimately purchase and then service and loyalty and all the things that come after that. And you're talking about relationships that last a lifetime. And so it's a much more profound and I think strategic and meaningful relationship that companies are looking to have with their customers these days. And that's good for us, right? So our whole go-to-market is built around supporting companies on that journey through a variety of services that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah. And back to you, back to your question about the journey, you know, Merkel has always had a strong growth and innovation orientation to it. And so the company started 33 years ago, really as like a data processing company. And then they figured out that 
the way to grow more than that was to get into building marketing and customer databases for clients to drive direct marketing programs. Then they figured out that they could do analytics and insights work to fuel the audiences or the targeted list to drive those programs. And then eventually figured out that they could actually just get into the direct marketing programs themselves. And so became a CRM agency at, at some point. And then as sort of the legacy data world started to migrate towards digital, there was this big idea of taking what we know about people in the physical world, like terrestrial ID and first party information and taking that into digital format like cookie. And you could connect those things, which meant that now Merkle had a license to compete in the digital media space. And that opened up all kinds of new opportunities and channels to work in. And so customer experience management builds on all those capabilities. They're actually all still completely present and robust in our portfolio. And we're now applying those to that broader customer experience imperative that I was talking about and have expanded those by adding capabilities like commerce, our digital experience capabilities, I think are much more robust and scaled than they were a few years ago. And so it's just this journey that the company continues to be on, always sort of making sure that we have the capabilities to deliver on whatever the big strategic white space is in the market. And Michael, if you look at that evolution of where Merkel has gone and and everything you're saying in terms of the importance of kind of CXM today, everything is orientated towards putting customers first. And and brands say they're doing that all the time, but, but in our recent CX study, our insight study, we found that 72% of consumers want brands to personalize their interactions, but yet only 14% of them feel like brands are actually achieving it. You know, what, what do brands need to do to actually deliver on the promise and keep up with customer expectations? Yeah, I love those statistics, right? So those were the two that jumped out at all of us, I think, from that study that we fielded in January. I'll say it this way, Rich. I think if you just think about what would it take for the Fortune 2000 globally to move that 14% number to 70% or 80%, right? It's just a dramatic difference in sort of expectation versus perception. And the way I look at it is like, I think it's billions and billions of dollars of investment that's required to achieve that. And I actually think it might take the better part of 10 years, right? So I think we're at the beginning of what potentially is a decade of investment and retooling for companies to really get serious about providing excellent, seamless, personalized experience and service and really winning the war for customers. And, you know, this could be, like I said, it could be a similar paradigm to what we saw with the birth of digital media in like say 2004 or five when Google invented AdWords and that kicked off the whole industry of search and programmatic and social media. And you think about how many trillions of dollars of shareholder value were created and invested around that space over the last 15, 16 years. I think we're on the cusp of a similar decade of investment and reinvention. And I'm so excited to be a part of that because I watched the last one happen and it was a really fun ride. And we did a lot of really great, profound work for clients during that. And I think we're staring at the same sort of decade of opportunity right now. And, and when you look at the way you describe the reinvention that's happening, there is 
there's so much momentum, as you've described now, around customer experience. What do you see as some of the major innovations in that space? Yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it's a hard question to answer. I, be, I actually see a lot of it in the breadth and integration of the MarTech clouds in particular, right? So we spend a lot of our time and effort with companies like Adobe and Salesforce. And their solutions are just so much more comprehensive and robust than they were, say, five, six years ago, right? They've always had great point solutions, right? You kind of know Adobe for asset management and content, right? And you sort of know Salesforce for CRM and, and sales and opportunity management. But their clouds now and solutions really span a very robust and broad customer journey. And with the right partners involved, and if clients choose to reorient themselves internally the right way, I think the opportunity to actually do that customer-centric marketing that you were talking about, Rich, is much more possible than it was five years ago. I, I think like it would have been hard for clients to really pull it off back then, but the platforms and tools and the ability to link those things in an integrated way is just so much more doable and economical than it used to be. So I think that's a big part of arriving at this point in time. It's really interesting just to, to think about what innovations can happen because there's so many brands and businesses that are looking to transform right now. You know, in a similar way to you said the with digital media and the evolution that's happened there, we're seeing obviously that transformation now. And I know that, that we've spoken about before Michael, about the increased pressure around direct-to-consumer and how that's forcing business disruption as a whole. I mean, a lot of legacy businesses are really struggling with that. And I mean, do you think they've got the the capability to reinvent themselves fast enough? And if so, how do they go about doing it? Yeah, I, I, I think they can, right? There's always a way. Now, what it might mean is that a company might look very different five years from now than what it does today. Right. But every company is capable of going through a transformation to reinvent itself. I mean, look at Netflix, right? Like we all used to get DVDs in the mail and it was awesome, right? You get that little red envelope every week or two. Right. And they completely reinvented their delivery model to become the world's leading streaming and content company. So it can be done. If you're, say, a CPG company, Right, you might have to pivot your product portfolio towards things that have maybe some kind of digital enablement to them, something that's got a Bluetooth component or a data component or minimally some kind of a subscription or personalization component. And there are hundreds of ideas out there about how to do those things. And, and in some cases for clients, they may choose to exit certain businesses right? Sell off brands, sell off divisions. You just saw Ford here in the US this past week talk about splitting the company in two to have their EV division versus their petrol division, right? And of course, the EV division is going to be completely sort of about electric cars, but more importantly, digital platforms inside those cars. It's a completely different business. And so that's Ford, right? That's one of the oldest car companies in the world. And they're going to reimagine fundamentally the structure to support the growth of what is really much more of a mobility platform business than it is about selling petrol and rubber. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think that's a lovely example, the Ford one, because it, as you say, they're such a legacy business. But I love you know, just the, 
all of the brands that you gave just now, they give really different, I guess they solve a problem in a different way that sometimes I didn't expect. So for Netflix, for me, it was really, the, the problem that they solved for me was I didn't have to take back my VHS the next day and argue with my wife on who was going to take it back. <laughs> and then, you know, the selection process around it. So that, I mean, just the small things that make a difference. But as you say with Ford, it's such a big transformation based on where we are now. It's, it's going to make a huge difference to the future. Well, and Michael, you, I think we're just summarizing, you know, one of the points you made, it does feel that this idea of business transformation has now moved beyond being a kind of a collection of activities that sit in massive PowerPoint decks to, as you say, organizations actually carving their business up, splitting off their divisions. It feels like we've moved beyond the idea of it being a project into it actually happening and driving how organizations align around consumers. Is that what we think is happening? Definitely. Definitely. And I think it just has something to do with the competitive nature of industries and maybe the speed of change in a more digital and technology enabled world. There's just sort of no room to not do that, right? The companies in these competitive industry verticals that fall behind on that customer experience agenda, they fall behind. And, you know, of course, like what executive team wants to do that? So I think it becomes this just not a project or a nice to have. It's essential for survival and success. Brilliant. So just all the stuff that you said, firstly, thank you for your time, Michael. I think it's always insightful for us to hear your thoughts and your outlook is always always on point when we hear it and i love hearing your thought process and the, the way that you you bring sort of components together so thank you very much for your time i think the, the listeners will definitely find this incredibly valuable just to understand the direction and the trajectory of where the industry is going thank you aslan and thanks rich like both of you like congrats on the book it, it takes a lot of effort to take a step back from the day-to-day -day and get all that brilliant thought on paper. So um, really appreciate you guys doing that for us. It's an excellent read if anyone's listening and hasn't gotten through it yet. And so thanks for that. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book, Shift, is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motioninterprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.